Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. Hello and welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Tracy Roberts. And me, Lydia English. Oh, we've got a special guest today. Oh my goodness. Are you excited to be here? Yeah. Because really you were excited. you were you were like mm, I do like I do love a chat, but I'm not sure if I want to do a podcast yet. Yeah, I've done a couple because Martin yeah. forced me into it. But but well, this was a, this was a juicy subject, wasn't it? That's why we decided to yeah. get you in on this one. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is something that's very much trending in terms of conversation pieces from um, well a lot of the people that we work with, but also through HR professionals and people like that. And we're going to talk about quiet quitting. <laughs> which sounds a bit scary actually doesn't Just it a little bit yeah <laughs> and there's certainly nothing quiet about me no. um and I don't think I, I don't think I'd ever be able to quiet quit but it was <laughs> a good conversation because we're having a good conversation about it in the office so we decided that we'd we'd have a little look at it um so yeah let's first look at what it is because yeah. I suppose people might be interested in, in hearing a little bit more about it I suppose really for a lot of people it will be dependent on the situation in terms of how it's seen um it's more about people I guess subconsciously maybe a little bit consciously kind of rejecting the hustle culture a bit isn't it yeah it's about them saying I am gonna do what's required of me in my job but no more than that yeah the bare minimum the bare minimum, sometimes even drawing back a little bit to beyond that bare minimum, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, rather than really focusing on what takes you to the next level. Now, some people take this to a very big degree, don't they? So they'll they do, say, yeah. no, it's it's almost equivocal to, we should point out that it's similar to the work to rule sort of focus that was around Um you know, a long, long time ago where it was more linked with industrial action, actually, wasn't it? About taking productivity down. Um, And it's not as sort of distinct as that, but the reality is it'll kind of come out differently in different people. Um, So some people will be, right, I will actually halt my extra effort that goes in, if you like, to bring this company to the next level. And for some people, it's more about, like you say, just my working hours are nine to five. I will arrive at five to nine and I will leave at five o'clock. Yeah. Um, so, and we do hear a lot about the hustle culture, don't we? About people mm-hmm. feeling like if they don't go above and beyond, and if they don't do extra, and if they don't justify their own existence, I think it's probably the yeah, yeah. Have you ever kind of been in an environment like that where it does feel a little bit like if you don't go that extra mile, you know, it looks bad on you? Not personally, no. But I know a lot of people do experience that and it's in some workplaces it's recognized isn't it where the people who stay an hour after finishing time are the hard workers like oh they must be working really really hard yeah when actually it could be down to other reasons you know they may be under a lot of pressure from somebody higher than them it could be that they don't actually have um a team around them to support them so they're having to stay yeah, later to, point, in order yeah. to catch up on the workload mm. um or it could be something completely different something going on at home or yeah they don't want to go home you know there's exactly. a lot of stress the other thing it might be is you know some people don't want to admit that they're not coping like you say with their actual workload itself yeah so actually they they hang back to get that quiet time sometimes yes um, and there are a lot of us out there also that, you know, we maybe don't do it to be seen as we do the extra work. Our way is just early is good. So for me, yeah. because I come from a military background, 
I'm an hour early for most things, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is highly annoying to other people. <laughs> and they probably look, would look at me and go, why does she put that extra hour? Why does she stay late? Or why does she do that thing on a Sunday to prepare herself for the Monday? Yeah. That's just my mindset. So I don't do it because I feel like I have to do it. I feel like for my own mental health to be organized and to have a calm moment to prepare myself. Yeah, that's ready what for the I working do. Day. But I think you're right. I think a lot of people, it's for a multitude of reasons, but there are other people out there who do it to be observed. Yes. And they're the ones that jump up and down and say, look at me. And um, because of even things like certain elements of bias in a workplace, you know, if I'm seen to be the one that puts the extra hours in, yeah. or if I'm seen to be the one who gets in early with a boss or whatever it might be, then I'll be next in line for whatever opportunity comes up. Yeah. Um, but for some people, it, it like I say, it's just organization, isn't it? But I guess the difference now is, and I think this is maybe why it's maybe reared its head a li- again a little bit, is yeah. people's perceptions have changed since the pandemic, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. People are valuing work-life balance more, aren't they? They're, you mm-hmm. know, if they maybe lost a loved one during lockdown, it's it's a perspective of life's too short. Absolutely. I'm going to make the most of life, you know. My, I'm contracted to work nine till five, so I will finish at five o'clock, mm. go straight home and, and spend it with my family. And I, you know, yeah. personally, I think, you know, rightly so. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it, a lot of people think that during the pandemic, people who were working from home might have had a little bit of an easy ride of it, thinking, yeah, you had your fun now, like, let's back, go back to the office. But I think, you know, talking from personal experience in the pandemic, it did make me check myself a bit yeah but what I realized was that I thought oh well, this will be great I'll get a balance here I'll be able to like spend a bit of time with my family but I'll be able to really work hard because I don't have the traveling I was doing so much traveling before the pandemic yeah and actually I found it went the opposite way I was I had to really really check myself at a certain point because we we're trying to pivot a business um to go online much like we were here at T2 yeah um you know it was every hour and I was grabbing food and going back to my desk mm-hmm. And I had a, a little girl trying to learn schooling at home. Um, that was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare, <laughs> to be honest. And I felt like really bad some days because I realized I hadn't really had the time to sit with her. So yeah. it did make me reassess. And I was made redundant during COVID mm. after doing all that extra work. Yeah. So it really made me realize that actually, I'm not saying every business is like this, but you've got to put it into perspective sometimes. The effort you put in is it actually going to be measured in that way that, well, that person did add all this value, therefore they're, you know, we, we, we can't do without them. We're always going to look after them because the reality is um, finances are finances, yeah. changes in the business are changes in the business. So you're never, I don't think anyone's ever safe. No. So actually the mindset that if I'm seen a lot, sometimes doesn't wash. I mean, I put as many hours in as I wanted to put in and yeah. made big changes to a business, but the reality was those rules still had to go. So I then realized during COVID that um, because I'm someone who's deeply connected with my purpose, I have to have, you know, can't just go to work in process. That's not me. I need to understand where the business is going, what my cog turns and all the rest of it. I think I can kind of see where people are going with this Mm -hmm. whole scenario because I feel like if you're not feeling that you're getting something back from it, um, you're going to disconnect, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. How would yeah. you would you would you say that you're a bit like that? You know, if you don't understand the benefits of what you're doing, that you disconnect from that, or yeah, definitely. When I've been in previous roles before, which I've maybe not necessarily enjoyed, I was very much of the opinion of right. I start at this time. <laughs> I get an hour lunch, which mm. I don't get paid for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a scenario like that actually. Yeah. yeah. And I finish at this time, so I'm leaving at that time, but. I think it depends. I mean, for me, it's how much you were you 
enjoy your job. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, here at C2, I, like, I love my job. Yeah. And so... We have to say that because Martin's listening. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> We're only joking. So <laughs> starting 10 minutes earlier, you know, if I get yeah. to the office from a quarter to eight, I don't mind switching on my computer and catching Checking. up on emails. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I'm um, in the middle of doing something and, you know, it gets to four o'clock when we finish... Mm. I don't mind staying an extra half an hour to just to finish off that yeah, job. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's really how connected you feel with the organization as well. It's like yeah. you don't mind doing it. Yeah. I would say it's like, because it feels like you're a choice, doesn't it? Yeah. And you don't feel like you're having to impress anyone particularly. You know, you're doing a good job. Because I know you're someone who you really care about, you know, being good at your job. That's yeah. important to you. But you don't do it in such a way where you kind of throw things in people's face. Look what I'm doing. And we've all worked with that person, haven't we? Yeah. It's just bloody annoying. <laughs> um, um, but I always think that if you're good at what you do and you love what you do, you don't need to do that because people see it. Yeah. It's almost like people tap you on the shoulder sometimes. They go, wow, you're phenomenal. Or, you know, ooh. I'm going to put you up for promotion and you sort of for a little bit, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because the reality is people just feel it from you. And that's because you are deeply connected to the humans in the organization, but also really anchored to the purpose behind what you're doing. Yeah. And if you're anchored to it, then it's really hard to become, you know, disengaged from that, isn't it? But there's got to be something big that changes in your life or the organization that unanchors you sort of thing. Yes. Um, and I think that a lot of the reasons that things are maybe not feeling as in intense for people in that sense now is maybe it's because the de you know destabilization of the environment that we're in so we're not guaranteed that we're going to have a job yeah, well yeah <laughs> you know we, we've seen that people have lost their jobs and obviously had to make big decisions um cost of living's going up yeah so if your business is not able to you know fall in line with that a little bit offer you the increase that you feel that you need and things mm -hmm. like that that can disconnect you without even oh, thinking about it yeah. um and then things like you know the the fact that you've got a little bit less structure sometimes as well like that that can feel a little bit difficult so you know I talk to a lot of people and I've got personal experience of having a child yeah. and how difficult it is to balance up your life mm -hmm. um so it, it changes as they get older so as they're younger it's like they're going to nursery and you feel guilty and it's cost an absolute arm and a leg so the parents out there will know exactly where I'm going you basically take one pay packet and pay it straight to the nursery <laughs> yeah. um and then as they get older it's like pick up and drop off times at school um, and then as they get older again, I want to be around a bit because they're changing as a human and I want to support them. Yeah. And then if you're in a situation where in and out of COVID, it's, it's been all over, you've had the balance then you've not had the balance. And then your business has said, work hybrid and you've gone brilliant this is great and then yeah. all of a sudden they go no I want you back in the office mm -hmm. but I've got to point out that I think that some businesses aren't doing the back in the office bit for a negative reason no I think some of them are doing it because they've realized that the affinity distance I always say this with people has got bigger yeah. so although you can do the job like at a distance and then obviously that satisfies a lot of people's requirements from work mm -hmm. and stops all this stuff um I think that sometimes it's if the, if the person feels like they're being drawn back in because of the lack of trust. So going back yes. to where we were before COVID almost, yeah. you know, well, I want to know what you're doing, you know. And I think that's another reason why people top load their diaries. So they go in every day. I used to work with people that would say to me, I stick meetings in my diary, even if I know I'm not going to go to those meetings. Right. So you, it looks like you're busy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and I've worked with people that I've caught them out doing that, not yeah. in a negative way, but I've gone, well, why did you put, just tell me that you're doing prep, you know, it doesn't, you know, yeah. and a lot of people, they'll, they'll think they're being observed as busy and productive by 
doing that. Yeah. But the reality is, is it doesn't really work like that because you could be a busy fool. That's what I call it. Mm. Someone who's doing all these calls, having all these conversations, but actually, what are you generating from that? Yeah. Whereas if you took productive, yeah, yeah, like think of when you were doing the bits that you were doing. Sometimes you just go quiet. Not not very often, I have to say, but you are very <laughs> quiet. And um, and I know you're in a you're creating. Yeah you're concentrating you're pulling data out and I'm the same I have to actually say to you like if I go out there and I'm quiet don't worry about me because you yeah. do worry when I'm quiet <laughs> yes it's very weird <laughs> yeah it's strange um but it's it's that feeling isn't it of having the control of that and, and knowing yeah. when to use the time that you have so I think that that reduces your chances of quiet quitting because you know you're getting a bit of a balance there yeah would you agree with that yeah exactly yeah so it's not with me so when I'm doing research and stuff I sometimes find I'm not I feel like I'm not being productive because I'm not producing like yeah. a, a pathway or a, a blog yeah. or a piece of content. But yeah. actually, I'm taking that time to collect my thoughts, yeah. get new ideas. And so I, in, in a way, I'm being productive that way. I'm just kind of, of course not producing you are. anything. Yeah. But it is weird, isn't it? Because we do think about things like that. Like we always talk about our quadrants and what's important and what's urgent and what's not urgent. And we yeah. kind of try and, I guess we try and educate people that we work with on that, don't we? But they always put things in the wrong box, I think. So like like you were saying there, the fact you're reading and taking things in, mm-hmm. like that is massively productive because you're processing it in your brain um, and you're really good at taking really like difficult stuff and making it seem easy yeah but the only way you get there is to take that time so that is productive Mm -hmm. so if if you were working in an organization that you know expected you to diarize every minute of your day yeah and you you felt like you were putting stuff like that in the diary a lot and you'd probably be going oh what are they going to think of me just thinking in that period you just put (laughs) thinking (laughs) people would be like well so I get I can kind of get why that people if they're in a creative role or whatever even might even be more at risk of something like this because they'll be thinking you know they're being micromanaged Mm -hmm. and psychologically if you feel like someone's not giving you something you don't necessarily want to give it back so if employer's giving you that vibe yeah that's where the psychological you start to rebel a little bit don't yeah of course you? you do yeah yeah and I think I've I think I can definitely state there's some situations where I've been like that yeah where I haven't been you know essentially quite quitting but I've been very close to it because yeah. I have realized I've had things like from a productivity perspective I've had a boss that's micromanaged me to what to within one inch of my life one week yeah and then the following week because he's so inconsistent doesn't call me at all <laughs> and then is back on it you know and yeah. and with that inconsistency I'm not I'll then land the great stuff in his inbox and he doesn't even read it mm-hmm. yeah and then the next week is you know so that's the sort of stuff that's disconnected me I thought hang on a minute you're not even letting me know how I'm performing yeah. you're not giving me feedback all you're doing is literally when you can be bothered you're coming in and harassing me probably because someone's asked you what's your team doing and you don't know yeah you know so um I think that really in terms of like how it it kind of pans out it's down to that level of trust in the organization culture is massive isn't it definitely because sometimes the job's not even always enjoyable it's just the people you work with make it not bearable but you enjoy it more because of the people around you Oh, exactly that's a really big thing for me if I've don't like the people I'm working with you you're not going to enjoy your job you know it can be the most monotonous job in the world Mm. but if the people around you are great then you you do enjoy your job don't you I think a lot of people probably stay and don't quite quit a lot longer than they would if they've got the right people yeah um but I see that as an opportunity as an employer because if you can spot the signs earlier Mm -hmm. and you can see there's this glimmers of great culture it's just maybe some of the I don't know 
the requirements of the job and some of maybe the processes that you've actually got in place that are making people go more down the road the route of quiet quitting yeah then if you can spot those signs early and and look at those pockets of sunshine mm-hmm. of culture and the people that work together well and you have actually encouraged collaborative working and those sorts of things I think if you can spot that early then you can yeah. use that can't you because it, it's not all going to be bad <laughs> but what's interesting about some of this research is that it's a lot of people are not quite quitting because they're disconnecting from the organization no they're actually quite quitting because they're managing their own mental health well exactly yeah and so, I, you know I think and I, I think it, when I've been reading things I think in some respects the term quiet quitting isn't kind of the right way to word it because yeah. people are quitting so some people yeah. will be quietly quitting because they they feel disconnected. Yeah. They're they're just not liking their job anymore. Whereas the people who are doing it for their mental health, they're not quitting. Nope. They're just doing managing it, it. Yeah. yeah to to benefit themselves. And they're going right. Mm. Okay, things are getting out of control here. Yeah. I'm going to make sure rather than working especially the people who work from home, I can imagine it's more tempting to carry on after your contracted working mm. hours. You, you can just be like, right, I start work at nine, I finish work at five, yeah. and then I'm going to shut my laptop and that's it. And that's, sometimes that's all you can do, isn't it? I think if you, so like if we talk to people that we do exec coaching with or managers we work with, you know, and they've got a tendency to be an overworker mm-hmm. and we know from what we know about human behavior, some people are naturally just going to do that. They, yeah. they have to go above and beyond. Yes. Um, I'm like that. I know I'm like that. I will yeah. always put probably too much in compared to other people in certain situations. And I don't do it for any other reason. I do it because that's just who I am. I can't yeah, help it, yeah. you know. And I've got to be really conscious of that. And some people find ways to manage it, like you say. So they'll say, well, if I put a rule in that I don't answer any emails after six or yeah. I don't go on my emails, um, if I stop coming in a little bit earlier at work, you know, mm-hmm. I won't pick up those extra emails and do the work that everyone else could do. Um, you know, it's little things that you think. And then actually another thing that we have to point out here is sometimes it's your family or your external things that are giving you the yeah the cause for quite quitting because you know you <laughs> we've all been there and actually I was laughing about this the other day about the look you get from your partner when you're on your laptop at night <laughs> so like if you're on your phone and you're checking they know you're checking emails or whatever and they have kind of kind of got that mindset where they can switch off yeah and um, they look at you as if you're crazy yeah. and also they say or do you care more about that than you do us in the house and you think yeah. well no it's not that it's just that I am naturally a busy-minded person mm-hmm. and I like to know what's going on tomorrow because I don't always see reading an email as stress for the next day no. sometimes I'll read it and go ah right I'm really excited about when I work on that tomorrow yeah whereas if I'm in the wrong mindset or I feel like I'm not getting things back or I'm you're know, in a threat state environment obviously I'm going to think oh my god I'm so worried about this thing so I yeah. think it's down to you isn't it about how you oh, definitely yeah and you can choose to choose to tap into the work or tap out yeah um but it's down to how you manage things and I think if you think about how we're built as humans I think I can kind of look at my parents and probably my grandparents and think would they have ever done this I think my granddad because he was a, he was he was just like me like to say his piece I think I could see him doing some sort of form of work to rule if he was yeah. annoyed yeah um but from a quite quitting perspective probably not because no. I think he would have gone I need to suck it up because that's just how it is yeah or he would have made a very quick decision that's not what I'm doing I'm moving on because he had a yeah. very distinct but then he would have I wouldn't have had the choice then well no yeah 
And that's the thing, isn't it? Whereas, you know, new generations are looking at things thinking, I have a deeper understanding of my mental health now, yeah. which I personally think is good. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like to say it's that kind of snowflake scenario of, oh, it's a bit of hard work. And I think there's a fine line. I do yeah. genuinely think that. Um, but, you know, millennials, Gen Zs, the, the newer generations come through, they're realizing that overworking doesn't necessarily get you things. No. And a lot of them state that actually they don't really care that much about the company in some instances, especially mm-hmm. early in their career. They're saying, hey, listen, this is part of my CV. Yeah. You know, so I'm just going to here to make the best of what I can. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to move on to this bigger thing because I want to go to a big organization where I can really connect with the fact that they're giving back to the environment and all those big things that seem to be really important to to those generations. Yeah. Um, I think Gen Zs and, you know, people in that kind of space, they want to see the companies making a difference more, don't they? So yes. they're more likely to even go into this quiet quitting scenario, not mm-hmm. even based on their own experience but maybe disconnect from the value in the cultures and what the company gives back sometimes yeah yeah and I think there's a lot of mention of of Gen Z in all of these articles and it is kind of focused around them you know like saying you know Gen Gen Z are more more likely to quiet quit yes um I think it's going back to when you mentioned your granddad obviously Back in the day, back in the day, we didn't have <laughs> access to mobile phones, so you didn't have your work emails on your phone. No, you you didn't. didn't have a laptop to take home, so you couldn't check were the your days. emails. <laughs> yeah, whereas now you do, so it becomes yeah. a choice, more of a choice to whether you want to check your emails when you get yeah. get home. And so then there's that thing around, oh well, people who who won't check their emails when they get home from work. I don't know. Are they not putting in as much? Do they not effort? care? Do yeah, they not care about it, and that's not necessarily the case. No, God no. It's just they're making a choice, but I don't. I don't think they should be made to feel guilty about that. No, I think they're just picking a kind of way of life. Yeah, it's the, it's just it's just the way they do things, the way they process things, and I think that's important. I think one of the things that we probably should point out here is we're going to look at it from two angles to kind of wrap it up in some sort of form today. Is like, you know, if you feel this in your organization i i deeply feel you can kind of almost feel this bubbling this quiet Mm -hmm. quitting or you can feel it full flow depending on what situation because sometimes it might be because of a big strategic decisions being made yeah and you feel it everyone's just gone right screw this you know this is what i'm going to do and it does feel like industrial action in some sense yeah and for some people it's it's looking for the early signs isn't it in in humans because the reality is like you said there's going to be two, three, four, five reasons why someone does that. It's yeah. not always linked to the the, the, the company's um, outputs and inputs. Sometimes yeah. it's the home life. Sometimes it's mental health. Um, you know, there's a, there's a million different reasons. Yeah, so the main yeah. thing is, if you feel it, can you know, can you go and have a conversation with that person? Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of employers, they feel things bubbling from a cultural perspective, but don't do anything about it. Now, we yeah. talk a lot about culture, culture is everything really I think if the culture is good you're less likely to have quiet quitting going on definitely you're still going to get it but you you know there's going to be a different element to it so I think the first thing you need to think about is you know are you creating open platforms for people to come and have conversations yeah if you're doing that if you're having those regular one-to-ones 
you're having the coffee chats and a lot of companies have reported that those have kind of disappeared in, in a way since COVID. Yeah, especially companies that have gone remote or hybrid. Yeah, because, you know, they're saying, no, well, but we do catch up, but it doesn't feel like quality catch up no. because there's nothing better than eye to eye contact in a lot of, you know, instances in a coffee and a shared laugh, you know, yeah. and it's not always as organic. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. You mm-hmm. can still make it happen. But so I think that as an employer, you know, understanding your culture, that's, that's got to be the, the way to avoid this happening, I think. Yeah. Um, secondly, it's probably making sure that workloads are realistic. Yes. Um, because for me, a lot of the time, we are putting a lot of pressure on people to say, you know, this is what we expect. And people who will overwork will overwork. People mm-hmm. who get overwhelmed will get overwhelmed. Yeah. There's got to be a balance, hasn't there? Yeah, definitely. And I think organisations, I think they've um, particularly those in leadership positions do have a, a big role to play. So they need to encourage their employees yeah. to clock off at the right time, to start at the right time yeah, and not make it feel like they have to. So if yeah. they do want to carry on working half an hour after the finish time, they can, that's their choice, but yeah. they shouldn't feel like they're forced into it. Yeah. And if you notice there are employees who are still working an hour, two hours after the finish time, you need to ask them why. Is yeah. it because they've just got too much to do and they can't handle yeah. the workload? Is it because there's someone like you who they can't <laughs> switch off and they've just got yeah, so many yeah. ideas going on? So they need to understand the reasons why. And give them space somewhere else maybe. Yeah, exactly. you know, It's not always doable. But yeah, I think there's loads of reasons. I think the other thing to kind of point out is that, you know, there is a time and a place for um, pay setting, you know, that, yeah. there, that there is there is a there are situations in a business where you do have to expect a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a growing business, you know, and not everyone's built for that. No. So the reality is that employers probably need to spot early whether or not that person is someone that, you know, all the all the studies we're reading at the minute are about, you know, companies that classify themselves as fast moving or innovative. Their attrition rates are not as good because yeah. people tend to tap out a bit earlier. Yeah. So you've got to ask yourself as from an employer's perspective in that first 90 days, you know, what what sort of are you seeing? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like if this is the pace of the business, but you do it trying to do the right things, but this person's still struggling? Yeah. You know, is it the right fit? Um, and then from the person going into the business, you've got to be realistic about what your expectations, haven't you? And say, you know, I like the idea of working here, which is what it is in a lot of cases with, with innovative companies. Yeah. But actually, you know, the pace is too much. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I made a, a note of here was that, you know, people sometimes feel guilty for taking leave because oh, yeah. their employees are actually sort of saying to them, oh, well, we're really going to struggle. Um, I was working with some solicitors recently who said, you know, someone's off. We've got to make up the money. You know, we yeah. don't get a, like a, a reduction in our budgets. We still have to hit those hours, you yeah. know. Um, and, you know, so allowing, I think, good employers go, right, let's have a look at the year in advance and try and like even it all out so people are taking their leave and if you have got an overworker even if they won't take a week's leave right well we're going to arrange for you to have a couple of long weekends and you need to you know decompress because I know you're on that project and I really appreciate you putting the work in but Mm -hmm. the reality is I still know that you're going to need need a break you know um I think boundaries are important Mm -hmm. so both from an employee perspective and the employer I think if you're having those coffee chats knowing what fits for that individual you know someone like me I'm going to be like like this is all all right but this is one small thing that really bothers me and 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 I won't do that whereas other people would be like no like I I physically can't turn my brain off after six o'clock yeah so if I do that that's going to make me I'm not going to do the right things I'm not going to make great decisions and actually I am going to be more likely to 
feel really passive aggressive sometimes about some of this work let's yeah. be honest um so I think the working culture open communication and I think looking for early signs of people struggling and yeah um and being able to feel confident in in going and approaching those conversations sometimes exactly, yeah and I think if you know your people and we always say this is so important isn't it you've got to get to know your people if you know your people you can see these things come in for sure yeah yeah. and if you're an individual um we've got to think about right okay so if you're listening to this right now and it's you so Mm -hmm. it's not the the organization because we know what organizations can do yeah you know you've got to be responsible for your boundaries so have you had the conversation about those boundaries yeah so whether it is the working uh, relevance of what you can do your time scales what your purpose is and actually what you disconnect with yeah and um, can you make your peace with it or not yeah um are you remaining professional because that's mm-hmm. a big thing for me you know you're only as good as your last day is what my granddad used to say to me <laughs> and I think that's important because there's a reason that that's important if you're going to move on at some point because yeah. there is a there is a fine line are you going to quit or not yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so if you decide you're going to move on you've got to consider that you might need a job change in yeah. which case why put these people that you're working with through the hardship and actually yeah. create a bad uh, environment for other people where actually they might be okay with they might not be but they yeah. might be okay with it um so remaining professional is really important so even if it means that you know sometimes you've got to make that decision you've got to move on and I think then that then allows you to then reconnect with your purpose so what is it about that job that's infuriating you're that environment reconnect with it and find something that sits better um but yeah professionalism is massive and the other thing is just be wary of some of the negative consequences you Mm -hmm. know I'm not saying you shouldn't say things but be careful how you put those things across and actually think about you know the potential of how it'll affect others around you as well so like you might pull out of that team a little bit but you can see the people you really enjoy and work with yeah they're actually really struggling and Mm -hmm. do you want that for them yeah um so for me, like, you know, there's two there's two sides of the coin there, isn't there? So yeah. great chat. We could probably do more on this. Keep going for ages, can't we? But really appreciate you coming in. I feel like I like grabbed you and didn't let you go, but Boss I've really enjoyed the chat. It. Um so yeah, thanks for for thanks all you guys for listening. Thanks for Lydia for joining us. Uh, that's it for now. We will see you again on another T2 Hubcast. Bye for now.